So if you want to hear more of our podcast, please click on jamesandsana.com and you can hear our previous episodes. And please subscribe because James has some good word of wisdoms every morning to share with you guys through that email that comes into your inbox. Hi, James. Well, hi, Sana. Fancy meeting you here. It's been a while. It's been how long? Ten minutes. Ten agonizing minutes since I've seen your beautiful, lovely face. <laughs> it felt ten years. It felt like ten years. Let me guess, I look like I've aged ten years. Yeah, you still yeah. remain as RBF. Well, anyway, Sana, for those of you who made the catastrophic mistake of pressing play, I'm sorry that we've already wasted a minute of your time, but since you're here, you may as well just stick around and see what we're about. So my name is James Newcomb. I'm the founder of Beaten Path Media, and I'm with my wife, Sana Dori, who is the managing director of Beaten Path Media, although it's not quite clear at this moment what exactly she manages nor directs, but that's her job title, and she does it exceedingly well. Yeah, that's that's my second that's my second position in this company partnership. What's your first position? Of course, how can you forget? I'm the minister of home affairs. Minister of home affairs. Well, anyway, Sana and I have been married. We've been married for eight long months, and uh, she lives in Vietnam. I'm in the United States. We're in the process of getting a visa for Sana to come to the United States and live with me. And uh, so that's that's a little bit about us. That's what that's where we're at. And so I lived in Vietnam for seven months, January through July of this year, 2020. And now here I am, just getting things ready, establishing roots, residency, et cetera, et cetera, so that it can be as seamless as possible for when. Donald Trump's or Joe Biden's administration says, yes, Sana can come to the United States. This is where she belongs because she's my wife and this is where I am and she belongs with me. And we just have to wait on the government, always waiting on the government. So that's a little bit about us. So Sana, this is what's on my mind. And I know if you've taken the lead on a couple of the last episodes that we've done on the Musicpreneur podcast, which I'm also going to put on this podcast. But I hear a lot of objections from people, musicians, carpenters. They have a kind of a natural fear of selling. And it's, there's, there's a lot of factors that, that go into this fear. A lot of people feel like they, they don't have the confidence in themselves to engage in self-promotion. And they just don't think of themselves as salespeople. That's, that's a job for other people. That's a job for more outgoing people than myself people with more persuasion skills than me. Well, they're good at sales, but I'm not. I'm I'm just um I'm just a guy who like I'm the worker bee. I'm the guy that that plays in the section, but I'm not the maestro or I'm not the person that sells the tickets. I'm just the one that sits in my chair and plays the notes. I think that everybody sells to some degree. You mean it may not be your job to like you know you, you may not have a business card that says salesman or saleswoman or salesperson, whatever is politically correct these days. But you do sell. If you have that job sitting in the orchestra playing the notes, well, you had to sell yourself to get that job. You had to give them some incentive 
they're thinking, what's in it for me that I should bring in this newbie who has no experience and I take on the financial burden of paying this person? Why should, why should I do this? So we all sell sauna. And whether you're a natural at it or not, I most certainly am not a natural when it comes to selling. I do not have the personality that uh, other people have that make them appear to be naturals in selling. But there is nothing really natural about selling. Or we could say that maybe selling is the most natural thing in the world, depending on how how you look at it. But I've realized over time that there is a point A and there's a point B. Point A being you don't have the job, you don't have the sale, you didn't sell your course, you didn't win the audition, you didn't get that person to listen to your podcast, you didn't get the apartment that you really wanted. Fill in the blanks. And then there's point B, and that is you do have the job. You won that audition at the local community theater to play the leading role in, uh, in the play. The person did take out their credit card out of their wallet and type in the numbers on their screen and buy that thing that you're selling. So there's point A and there's point B. A lot of people who have listened to podcasts that have to do with sales and business and whatnot, they're familiar with know, like, and trust. You have to get people to know you, like you, and trust you before they're willing to buy from you. So we have these uh, the, this acronym KLT, and I think of it, the KLT, as a vehicle that gets you from point A to point B. Not just like any vehicle that you drive from your house to your job or to the mall or to your Aunt Sandy's for Thanksgiving. You need fuel for the vehicle, and this vehicle, this no like, and trust, the KLT vehicle, needs fuel as well. And there are thing, six things that I want to talk about today that make up the fuel. And they are this, expert authority, likability, commitment and consistency, reciprocation, social proof, scarcity. So first is expert authority. Second, likability. Third, commitment and consistency. Four, reciprocation. Five, social proof. Six, scarcity. Before I get into these, Sana, what are your thoughts on what I've said thus far? That's very interesting because when you were talking about how musicians have to kind of sell themselves, the idea of branding came to my mind. Because musicians, in order to become competitive in a fierce competition market, they have to also become a reputable brand, a reputable version of themselves in order to attract loyal customers and those who actually, when they have some free time and they want to listen to music and get pleasure from it, they choose that unique type of a music or that specific person who play a unique piece of art or music. So I think that will be another big topic we could talk about. But yeah. what you were talking about really brought to my mind how branding as a strategy to become popular and serve customers at the same time, build a long-term relationship with them. Well, we have discussed musicians before uh, this 
particular podcast, Life on the Beaten Path, isn't necessarily geared specifically for musicians, but since we've already talked about musicians, we may as well just stay on topic. And because a musician is a brand just 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 like the hotels down the strip here in Virginia Beach where I live. They're just as much of a brand. So why don't we just uh, st- stick to my own advice and be consistent and just let's just talk about musicians. Now, the first thing that you absolutely have to do if you're going to be a musician and you want someone to either hire you to do a gig or buy your album or buy a ticket to your concert, whatever, whatever the case may be, you have to be a good musician. You can have the best branding. You can be the nicest person in the world. You can be as consistent and committed to your craft as you want to be. You can have all the social proof in the world. Say, hey, James is a nice guy. He's a great person, and you should buy his album. Well, if your music is crap, well, it doesn't matter what people say about your personality. They, you, buy, you buy a musical album because you want good music. And if the music is, it's, it's, if, if it's crap, then it's, that's what it is, and no one's going to buy it. Maybe a few people will buy it, but they're not going to give you that social proof that you need to get other people to buy it. We'll get to social proof in just a minute. So you have to be an expert at what you're doing. You have to have that authority that comes with being that expert on your instrument or your vocals or uh, the expert of the, the genre where you are residing as a musician. So first and foremost, you have to know what you're doing. And if you are that expert, if you have that expertise, well, it's just going to sh- naturally show in how you carry yourself. You're going to carry yourself with an air of authority, not necessarily arrogance or cockiness, but there's a certain air about someone who knows what they're talking about, a certain confidence. When someone isn't as sure in what they're talking about, well, it's, it's pretty apparent, and even if they have that confidence, well, then they're just making a fool of themselves. Like you, Sana, you're a, you're a professor at uh, British University in Vietnam, right? You didn't just re- respond to a Help Wanted ad in the newspaper saying, college professors wanted teaching tourism and travel management. You had to know what you were talking about in order to get that gig, right? You had to ex- establish yourself as the expert that they need to hire, right? That's right. There were process of recruiting uh, for this position, and uh, we had to go through uh, three stages of screening. And that involved also what you're talking about, like branding yourself. What's your unique selling point in the labor market? What do you have that the others don't have? How, how are you going to stand out? And your employer will say, well, that's it. That's the one I want. And we had to do mock lectures. We have to uh, create curriculum or material, notes for students, for teachers, and everything had been examined by the respectful partner universities before they actually make a decision who would be in. And if I'm not mistaken, there were around 10 of us for this position that been screened. Yeah, and then, yeah. I got it. Well, looking back, looking back, what do you think was like a couple of the deciding factors that made them choose you over the other nine? 
I exactly remember. They really like my idea of mind mapping. Mind mapping. Okay. Right. So I, uh, when they asked me to do a mock lecture instead of having a whiteboard behind me on the camera or um, having a classroom with students listening to me, I put the whole chapter that was assigned to me onto a mind map, an A4, A3 size paper. And I use different colors and I have uh, drawn all the theories with all its association with phrases, um, words, examples, everything on that one paper. And in 30 minutes, I explained the whole chapter through mind map. So my bosses, they really liked it. So that's good. And I'm, ju- I'm just looking at the list of the things that I've already mentioned, the, the six elements that make up the fuel of the KLT, the no like, and trust, and I just think scarcity. Like, you're the only one of the ten that did something different from, like, probably the other nine just did what everybody else does. And they're just trying to be the best at what everybody else does. But here comes Sana, and she does this mind map, which is completely different from what anyone else is do- doing, and that sets you apart. You made yourself scarce in that re- in that way. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me about your credentials. Like you didn't just walk. They didn't. They didn't hire, call you for th- that initial interview unless you already had some some experience in the bank. So, what made them want to call you in the first place? Well, I decided to become a full time academia in 2013, joining Management Development Institute of Singapore. And it was pretty steady. I went on up to five years and a bit more without break uh, working for that university. Um, I have taught on behalf of University of Southern Cross, University of Sunderland and University of Bangor, UK. And um, I have taught almost 16 different modules my background is in international hospitality and tourism. I did a few extra credits in integrated marketing communication. So having that <laughs> credentials gave them more freedom of giving me different modules that are related to marketing management, entrepreneurship. Yeah, and that's social proof. Entrepreneurs no recognize this term social proof and that's like testimonials you you see a testimonial page on a, someone someone's website or a sales page and this is what other people are saying about this product and that the more powerful testimonial testimonials you get well the better your chances of selling the thing whatever you're selling the more credibility and more name recognition that comes with these people that are giving a testimonial, like if you can get Tony Robbins to give a testimonial about your personal development course, well, that's a big deal. Or if you can get Seth Godin to write a testimonial about your business book, that's huge. And I can say from personal experience, like this podcast is kind of an outgrowth of our podcast production and media production business. And the way that this business kind of happened was, I guess you would say was really organic. I didn't really know exactly how this was going to go. But basically, Ben Greenfield and I, who I've worked for, I've edited his podcast for 
two and a half years. Uh, we, I, I just knew that I wanted to branch out a little bit, take on more clients. And he and I just came to a, a little agreement. He just said, okay, I'll promote your business and I'll promote your, I'll sell your services. And he went on his show and, and did, just, just did a bang up testimonial. I mean, just made me seem like I could walk on water, like I could do no wrong. Now, this was after working for him for two and a half years and establishing a relationship and a rapport with Ben, just proving myself to him that I was on it, that I was committed, that I was never missed a deadline, always respond to emails within the hour, within a couple of hours at the most. I'd proven myself over time. And so as a result, when he, he hit record on that ad that he did to uh, promote my services, he just sang, pra- he sang my praises. And that type of social proof, you just can't buy. Like if I had just, if I w- didn't have anything to do with Ben Greenfield outside of, uh, like he, if he and I were just a loose association and I came up to his uh, advertising team and said, I want to promote my services on your podcast. And he didn't know me from anything. You know, I could have given my talking points and he would have said it and he would have done a good job with it, but he would not have had that personal touch. Like he didn't, he wouldn't see my commitment and consistency. He doesn't see that I'm always looking out for my clients, that I'm always uh, looking to add value. I'm not just trying to get squeeze every penny out of like uh, out of the deal that I can, but I'm always looking to give them the best possible advice or the best possible guidance that I can when it's asked for. And and also in two and a half years, quite frankly, I became really good at editing podcasts and working with a team. And uh, so when it came time for hit to for him to hit record, it was just the most natural thing in the world that he would just sing my praises. And wouldn't you know it, a really steady stream of high quality leads came my way as a result of of those two ads that ran in August of 2020. I mean, that's that kind of social proof. It didn't happen overnight. It took two and a half years of just showing up, and then all of a sudden, it uh, it manifested itself in a very profitable and very um a very healthy way. So let's talk about commitment. Whether you're doing a podcast or you're doing Facebook Lives, showing off your music, your chops or whatever, you have to show up when you say you're going to show up. If you say you're going to publish on Monday, you'd better publish on Monday. If you say that you're going to do five days a week, you'd better do five days a week, even if it's resetting the alphabet. You have to show up when you say you're going to show up. Otherwise, you you lose that credibility. You lose that air of authority that comes with being an expert because, well, you're not trustworthy. And people aren't thinking that uh, explicitly. But when you don't do what you say you're going to do, then you, I, I, don't, I think you just lose credibility with people and they don't, uh, they don't trust you. It's not like you're a bad person and you've cheated them and so they don't trust you, but you didn't do what you said you were going to do, so they don't trust you. And then, of course, all of this is for naught if you're a jerk. Like, I remember when I was full-time in music, there was a saying that I heard, and it was that your talent wins you the job, your personality keeps you the job. Like, you have to be likable. 
you can you can fool someone with your talent for a short amount of time, but if you're not uh, likable, if you're not um, a team player in whatever team you, you might be, you can make yourself scarce. You can have all the testimonials in the world. You can show up every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. But if you're a jerk, if you're not likable, it's all for naught. And by likable, son, I'm not talking about like being the person that glad hands you every single time and always with a big smile on your face. I'm not talking about that. I'm not that type of person. But I'm talking about just being just being personable. Like you're always joking about my RBF, the rested bitch face. And it's true. Like I when I'm when I'm not when I'm just thinking of things, <laughs> I look like I'm in a bad mood and I'm not. It's something I'm always aware of and and always working on is I try to smile when I'm when I'm speaking. You people can hear a smile, even if it's just on the phone, if you're smiling, you can hear it in the person's voice, right? Honey, you know I'm kidding. I love hmm? you with your RBF. You do? I do. Oh. All right. Here's where things get really interesting. And this could go any way. I want you to take this list of six things that I've listed as fuel for the KLT vehicle, and I want you to give me a grade on how I've done. And the product in this case is you agreeing to be my wife. Like point A was you're not my wife. Point B is you're my wife. So I'm just going to go through the list and I'm going to, I want you to just give me a, a grade from one to 10. How did I do? Okay. First, expert authority. 10. How was I an expert authority on being a husband? Because... <laughs> Because you are head of the house and you know your responsibility and whatever you do, you are accountable. You take accountability of what you do. That shows your expert authority. Okay. All right. How about likability? Well, likability 10. Her comments about my RBF notwithstanding, she gives me a 10. Well, you have to understand, in my culture, when wife pick on husband... Uh, call you with your RBF face or saying, you know, uh, why pick on the little things that shows they love you a lot. Just kind of, just kind of making fun of the other person. Just, yeah. yeah. It's affectionate, right? Right. Yeah. All right. Commitment and consistency. 10. How is that a 10? If you look back, we were locked down for seven months and for newlywed, staying in one place for seven months and they don't poke their eyes out <laughs> or <laughs> not fight, it's, it's just commitment. All right. We're committed Recipro together. Reciprocation. Um, ten. Okay, I'm liking this quiz. What, what did I do that <laughs> makes you think I deserve a ten? What do you mean by reciprocation? Reciprocation. See, reciprocation is kind of difficult. It's kind of hard to... Commitment, you, you understand what that means from the get-go. Reciprocation is a little more ambiguous. But the way that I understand it is like, you're not just trying to get something from the other person. You're looking to give back. We're, we're going to step away from marriage for just a minute. But let's say, let's say, let's talk about um, if I'm going to sell my services or our services as a, a podcast producer, 
if I come across as like, okay, I want this, all I want is your money, and I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and no more. Well, okay, so that's that's kind of a fair agreement, I guess. You, I'll give you 10. You give me 10. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is reciprocation is a little more ambiguous than the others, but it's right, basically... Right, I'm giving you 10. Yeah, and I'm trying to explain reciprocation, honey. You can give me a 10 when I'm done. So <laughs> reciprocation basically means you're not just in it for yourself. You're trying, you, you are always looking for ways to uh, give more to the other party, whether you are the purchaser or the, uh, or the seller. You're always looking to, to give more than you're getting out of the deal. So that's how I understand reciprocation. All right. And my lovely wife, Sana, has given me a 10. So 40 out of 40 thus far. Right. I gave you 10 because you said, just give me your love. Everything else I'll take care. Okay. Uh, Social proof. Social proof. Minus 10. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> I I don't know how you relate this. I I think you would like because when we were still dating, I called your friends and I called your family members and just asked what kind of person is Sana. And I, I wasn't prying. I wasn't like prying for details, but it's like, is she mentally sound? It's basically I was looking. Is she who she appears to be on the iPhone? You still need social proof of um, what do other people say about the other person. And you give me a minus 10? Uh, no, I give you 10. I just don't like people are not direct with me because I like to be questioned about myself, my personality and character rather than going to someone as a third party to get advice to deal with me. Well, it's not. I didn't do it because I didn't trust you. It's because I wanted to trust you. It's not about trust. Mm-hmm. It's about maturity. That's called due diligence, honey. No. Okay, this awkward pause is brought to you by our sponsor <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> All right, and then scarcity. Uh, ten, because there is only one James Newcomb. All right, so I got 60 out of 60. And in the next installment of our little show, I'm going to grade Sana. One out of ten on each of these six elements of the fuel for the vehicle that we know as KLT, know, like, and trust. That is the vehicle that gets you from point A to point B of selling whatever it is you're selling. These six things, the expert authority, likability, commitment and consistency, reciprocation, social proof, Scarcity is the fuel that powers that KLT vehicle. And as a little bonus, Sana, for our loyal listeners who have stuck with us to the very bitter end, this is something that I view as like turbo fuel. The six things that I've done, they're all good. They're all well and good, and they'll they'll get the job done. But if you add this to your arsenal, this is like turbo fuel for that vehicle, and it is this non-neediness. If you come across as needy, if you come across as like, I need this sale, well, that's going to hurt your chances. You might get it, but 
It's going, it's going to taint your image slightly. But if you come across with an attitude of, here's what I do, and this is what I'm offering, this is my price, and you can take it or leave it. That's very powerful. And it's very effective in um, winning that know, like, and trust. So if you can do that, that's like the turbo fuel for the, uh, for the kind of turbochargers the fuel in that KLT vehicle. Well, my name is James Newcomb, and I'm here with my partner in business and in life, Sana Dory. And you are listening to Life on the Beaten Path, brought to you by Beaten Path Media, full-service podcast, video production services, podcast consulting, training, a lot of things that are on the horizon right now. We're just getting started as we record this in September of 2020, but a lot of things that are going to be coming up. So um, check us out on the web, Beaten Path. B-E-A-T-I-N, path.media, and um, join our email list and stay up to date with what Sana and I are up to and what we'll be offering in the coming months. So, thanks for listening. Anything else you want to say, Shauna? Have a wonderful day. Thanks for pressing play on our little show. To keep abreast of what Sana and I are up to, head on over to beatenpath.media. That's spelled B-E-A-T-I-N path dot media. And you can learn all about us and you can follow our exploits as we bring Sana to the United States from Vietnam, where she's currently living. And there are even opportunities that you can find out about helping out with some of the financial costs with that if you're so inclined. Just go to beatenpath.media and just look for the About Us link at the top of the page and you can find more about us. So again, thanks for pressing play and we will see you next time.